in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Guys, the Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. Episode of the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Mo. Mitch, who hurt you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of pain in that scream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to wake everyone up, man. I'm, I'm just little... trying to get them ready to go. You guys, hashtag pray for Mitch. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure you're okay. You you look great to me. Um, this is uh this this is this is Daddy D. Uh, and uh, guys, welcome in. Mitch is fine. Don't worry about him. I'm okay, guys. <laughs> He's just fired fired up to talk about uh some, some some sports stuff. You know the the kind of stuff yeah. that you'd find on a sports podcast such as this one you're listening to right now. So welcome welcome in. It is a uh, wild card weekend in the NFL. And we are going to preview the upcoming matchups that we have on Saturday and Sunday. Talk about, uh, you know, these games specifically, what we think is going to happen. Give give some give some picks on that as well. Uh, you know, New Year, and we're going to be giving some New Year's resolutions. Isn't that right, Mitch Mo? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a New Year, guys. New Year, new us. Yeah. Same sports hour. <laughs> but we're gonna. That's the we slogan. Got things. That's a, that's a real slogan. So. We got some things that we want to have resolved in 2019 when it comes to sports, so we'll discuss that. Yeah, for sure. I, obviously, these are like sports related. We're not just like telling you what we want to change in our lives. I'm going keto, by the it's way. Not the platform for that. Oh, you're going keto. Oh, oh, yeah. keto. Keto. Is that re- gotta watch? I gotta watch my girlish figure. Oh, is that real? So. I just at, if it's real, great. I just... <laughs> it's not real. Okay, all right. I I I don't know, man. I it's, it's not real. Okay, all right. You know, it's a thing. But <laughs> it, is it is it is a thing. All right, Mitch, let us uh, begin this off with uh, what we do every podcast. Oh, Las Noticias. Yes, the news. All right, let's get it out of the house. I love it. Woo! Uh, how it's getting more and more unintelligible. Uh, your <laughs> let's get into the news. Let's get it out it's great. It's great. I, That's I, how. It, yeah, it'll eventually get there. It'll I appreciate get there. Yeah, or, or it's just like a scream. It'll <laughs> just be like, like ah! <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. And people were like, "Oh, it's time for the news." Okay, right? They're just yeah. gonna know. They're just gonna know. Like, oh, that's that's when they talk about the news. After the dude screams, then the other, <laughs> then they start <laughs> talking about the news. <laughs> and then we'll start back at a whisper, and we'll work our way back oh, up again. Man. So. We just get scare people with random screams during the podcast. <laughs> That'd be great. Not like you don't scare people with your creepy daddy's. Favorites. Uh, it's very true. Very true. We're all about creeping people out out here on the uh, on the sports hour. But Mitch, uh, let us. The only bit of news that we want to talk about today is the uh, fire sale of NFL head coaches. We have eight head coaching vacancies, uh, and yeah. we had about what what was it like six of them that were fired on Sunday and Monday of this week. So, like right yeah, after six. right after the season ended. 
Uh, so, Mitch, let's go over the teams. What What are the teams uh, that have vacancies right now? Well, we got the Browns, right? Um, of course, Hugh Jackson was fired earlier in the year. Um, I believe it was Greg Williams that was the interim head coach for the remainder of the season. And the Packers fired Mike McCarthy about halfway, a little past halfway through the year. Um, the Jets fired Todd Bowles. Miami Dolphins have fired Adam Gase. The Denver Broncos fired Vance Joseph. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers fired Dirk Cutter. The Cincinnati Bengals finally, 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 oh my God, fired Marvin Lewis. It's about damn time. <laughs> and then the Arizona Cardinals fired Steve Wilkes. Um, and I know you've got certain feelings about that firing, Dallin. But I, I do, I do. One, he's a Carolina. He's from the Carolina Panther coaching tree, the the Ron Rivera tree, if you will. Uh, so person, personally, I am familiar with him, but also I, and we'll get it just so you guys know, next week, we're going to spend a little more time, uh, breaking down these vacancies and, you know, what, uh, potential coaches there are out there that we think are fits with specific jobs. Uh, so you can look forward to that in the next episode. Uh, so maybe I'll talk a little bit more about this, but I hate when coaches are fired after like one season. It seems absolutely pointless to me, uh, that they were even there for, for what one season. So uh, yeah, you know, I, and, yeah, and and I'm with you. I think the Arizona Cardinals underperformed. I don't think three and thirteen was where we expected them to be. Obviously, I, I think the ceiling was a lot higher for them. Right. Um. But like you said, one season there's there's not enough time to really get your feet on the ground, get something underneath you to work with. Yeah. Um. You're, yeah. It's almost like it's almost like an interim spot at that point. Now you're kind of just taking something over. And you're kind of given the tools you have to work with, and you're never really given a chance to establish a system. And um, I, Steve Wilkes, a great defensive coordinator. Uh, Atlanta also is another one we didn't mention. Um, firing uh, basically their whole staff except for Dan Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> um, they have a defensive coordinator opening, and so yeah, yeah. You know, maybe he goes back to being a, a DC under Dan Quinn um, and turn around what. Atlanta has needed for a long time, which is a good defense. So mm-hmm. he's going to get the coaching opportunities. This is, Stephen Wilkes is a great head coach. Oh, or is, he's a great coach. Do, do, do you know him personally? Do you, do you I do. Him, I do call him Stephen. Well, Stephen or Steve-O. It's only you and his mom that call him Stephen, right? I call him, I like call him Steve-O. You're like that close? <laughs> yeah, we, we buds. We're buds. <laughs> but, he, you know, he's a great coach. He's going to get a job. Um, nothing – less than a coordinator so um yeah he'll, for he'll sure. be back around he'll be for back sure around. it's just and, and like i said we'll, we'll talk about this more next week but i i it just seems like you like you said you can't make it your team like it, 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 it's none of your right. it's it's all guys that were there when you got there you didn't really have a chance to make it your team and, and kind of make you know do what you were trying to do with it so it's like it's like hiring somebody for like a new job and then two weeks in firing them when like they're still like just now gonna get in a hang of things. I don't know. It just seems weird. So anywho, we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, but yes, lots of coaching vacancies. Uh, and there are some names out there, some very interesting names, former coaches, even guys within this group that got fired, uh, that could possibly get a head coaching job at a different team. Oh well, uh, yeah. It's, let's get one of the guys that got let go with Steve Wilkes is, um, Byron Leftwich, who is their OC. So, um, right. He's another. He's another name that's available. Absolutely. So we'll uh, we'll get more into that next week, guys. So uh, look look forward to that. 
So yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's, that's about, about it for the that's, that's about, about it for the news. It. That's all we wanted to get into. Mitch, uh, we do have some personal news, and I oh, think God. I I think, <laughs> I think I think we need to share with the people. Mitch, I'm going to let you handle this. I you know what, Dallin. I I want you to handle this because I feel like you need to hit the celebration music. Okay, so. yes, let's let's celebrate. Let's go. Uh, yes, yes. Guess what, guys? I won the quick pick challenge for the season uh, by three. By three. You know the fact that it's, we took a whole season of picking games every single week, and at the end we were only separated by like three games is absolutely insane. Uh, but I won, which, uh, as you all know, means Mitch will be shaving his head and, like, to the skin, like, razor shave. And so, let's backtrack here about the shaving the head thing. I'm not backing out. I'm not backing out. Okay, a bet's a bet. But, Dallin, I know you're coming into town for the Super Bowl. Um, I have just started a, uh, a new job. So, I really think shaving my head would send a, a bad impression to my coworkers. <laughs> Um, like, or oh, what's show, wrong with this guy? Or, or it would show some commitment to prior engagements and be like, listen, like, you it know, I'm be. a man of my word. <laughs> it <kidding>. could be. <laughs> it could show a lot of loyalty, right? Um, here's what I got. Here's what I got an idea. Okay. I'm going right. to let you, I'm going to let you shave my head when you come into town. Oh, wait, I got to do it. You get to run the blade from start to finish. Okay. Yes. I'm now, so down. Here's the kicker. <laughs> so guys, down. go follow us on it go follow us on Instagram at the Sports Hour Guys and we will Instagram live it. Oh yes, that is a great idea, Mitch. We will we will get this now on Sunday. We're gonna have our Instagram live Super Bowl pregame show, all that stuff. Get our get our uh, the people around us their picks. We wanna hear from you guys as well during that. But um a little a little uh, treat for you guys on Saturday. I'll let Dallin on Instagram Live shave my head all the way down to my lumpy scalp. I'm so excited. You know, it's uh it's funny. My wife is relieved. Uh <laughs> very, very relieved. Uh, as, I'm sure she as is. As the hairdresser, <laughs> as the cosmetologist, you know, she was not digging the idea of me having a bald head. Also, she says my head is shaped weird and I would look bad bald. Cause I have, you would look like because I have a. Star? She literally said I have a lumpy like a head. She said I oh, have I a lumpy head. <laughs> it's like super offended. I, I'm a little. I'm a little worried. My head is going to be super lumpy. I'm we'll find lie. out. We'll find out. And it it hasn't seen sun. My scalp has not seen sunlight since uh, 1994. So <laughs> right, right. It's been yeah. a while. You know, here's the thing. I will say, I have more hair than you, uh, and I like dye my hair. Uh, I definitely feel like it would have been more extreme for me to shave my head than it will be for you. I think you could kind of pull it off and it'd be all right. I sure you, you know my dad's bald. I th- and he pulls it off pretty well. He does. Both our par- the, both our dads are bald. I was gonna say both right. our parents. All of our but parents. The, Moms and dads Dave, are all bald. <laughs> see, but Just the kidding. Dave machine. The Dave machine's a totally different animal, man. I yeah. don't know if I. I don't know if I could do what he does. David David Dodd is a uh, is a slick looking man. So he's you know. a slick looking. Hey, dude but but you know you're not too bad yourself, my friend. So oh, we'll, uh, we'll find out. Stay tuned. February second will be that Saturday. So the Saturday before the Super Bowl, we'll be going to Instagram right. live with the head shaving of Mitch Mo. So yeah, be sure. At the Sports Hour, guys, on, on Instagram, follow us, and uh, we'll we'll let you know. Uh, we'll remind you before it happens so you don't miss out. That's right. 
Oh man. Uh, also, the uh, the other bit of news, guys, is uh, you, you all know about my Thunder from Down Under calendar uh, that my wife graciously gifted me this year. R.I.P. Malik. R.I.P. Malik. But it is a new year, and I have a new calendar, courtesy of the wifey. Uh, it is uh, hot guys and and cute animals. Mm. That's that's what it is. So it's basically shirtless men holding like puppies and kittens. So like who's baby in the month animals. of January? Okay, so January is a uh, Connor. Connor looks like a a basic Connor. white male model, and okay. uh, a little a little puppy uh, named Betty. Uh, and she's, oh, she's Connor pretty cute. And she's Betty. Pretty cute. She looks like really really young, like like a week old. Uh, oh. She's pretty cute. So and they're they're sharing a a nice little moment. You know, it's a it's a cute. It's a, you know it's it's a little less uh, seductive. Than uh than the old calendar, it's it's a little more cute this year. We're keeping it. This is more PG thirteen, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you think Caitlin got that calendar for you to hang up in your recording area, and that would maybe influence her to come record with you more? No, no. I think I think what it is is she was so <laughs> embarrassed that I loved the Thunder from Down Under thing that she was like, I got to get something a little less raunchy. Because he's uh, gonna tell everybody about it. So. Yeah, there's not. It's, <laughs> no one will ever compare it to Malik, though. No, no hey one. guys, I have excellent news, Mitch. Guess what I did? Oh, what'd you do? I may be the creepiest 25 year old man on the earth, but I found Malik on Instagram. No, you I didn't. Did I did it, and I followed him on my personal and the Sports Hour. So we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna DM, <laughs> DM my boy. We Malik, gotta get Malik on the and show, I'm gonna guys. Tell him the crazy story about this calendar and how I'm a big fan of his, and if he would just come on the podcast for like five minutes to talk about something. Oh please! We I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously going to do this. So, uh, dude, he is part of Sports Hour lore. He we is, have he to is. have him on. I also followed Nathan Peterman, so at some point we have to try yes! to get him on as well. But uh, yes, the so goat I, and the goat. <laughs> I found Malik, and uh, hopefully he'll be on a future episode. I I will keep you guys updated on how this DM goes. I hope it's super creepy to him. Uh, yeah, but, some guy named Daddy D is just sliding into his DMs yeah. like that. <laughs> like, I like your picture with the milk on it. Can you come on my podcast? <laughs> That'll go great. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Mitch. Is that all the? That's all the news we have, right? Yeah, I think it's time for that segment. the The most, the second most popular segment in the male demographic between the ages of eighteen and twenty five. Right? Oh, is that is that uh? That's your top five, right? Oh no, that's your that's your it's your list. Oh, I thought you said second though, because uh, yeah, the sec the second most according, popular list according to the statistics I'm looking at right now. Uh, I'm, I'm mine is first, so I I don't uh, maybe yours are oh, outdated. Oh, right, so- yours is first. Mine mine's a different demographic. <laughs> out- oh yeah, yours is like women sixty four to eighty. <laughs> I'm huge with the senior citizens. <laughs> you know that's most of our audience. You know, is those retirement homes are playing this on a loop. I love Mitch Mo and the D Dad. <laughs> oh, we love old people here at the Sports Hour. Don't don't That's take right. that wrong. But anyway, we love yes. all types of people. <laughs> yes, guys, it is time for uh, for Daddy's favorites. Daddy's favorites. You're not my dad. And, hey, uh, uh, oh, I like that little bit. Y- you like you like the little yeah. Yeah, you know that was good. You're not my dad. You're not my dad. I can't even do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a new thing, guys. Just for you. But uh, anywho, uh, yes, Daddy's favorites this week. My favorite NBA performances of the last week. This time, more about like two weeks at this point, uh, because of Christmas. Uh, but I got a few 
performances that I like to highlight. We're going to start with Christmas Day, okay? The year, the, the, the day of the birth of our Savior. And uh, we had some guys balling out. Wait, Nathan Peterman was born on Christmas? Yes, he was. It turns oh. out. It's, it's wow. Literally <laughs> fact. <laughs> literally fact. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, you meant Jesus. Oh, no, yeah, right. No, I actually meant Nathan Peterman, but I'm glad. Oh, okay. I'm just, no. Um, anywho, uh, yes, so so the first guy I want to talk about is uh, the Stifle Tower, a.k.a. Rudy Gobert. Uh, yeah, do you like that nickname? I love that nickname, I do. By the the way. It's Stifle so, yeah, it's French Tower. Eiffel Tower, Stifle Tower. Yeah, it's great. Anywho, uh, Rudy Gobert's had a, had a you know good last few weeks. Uh, he's he's really been pretty dominant, and on Christmas against Portland, it showed he had 18 points, 14 rebounds, and seven blocks, uh, which which is is his bread and butter. I mean, obviously he was Defensive Player of the Year last year. Uh, to see him play at this level has been really fun to watch uh, from a fan's standpoint of the Utah Jazz. Uh, so I just wanted to highlight uh, Rudy Gobert for continuing to dominate in the paint. Dominate the paint, the Stifle Tower. Exactly. All right. The other uh, Christmas performance was by Mister uh, The Earth Is Flat himself, Kyrie. Oh, Kyrie. Yeah. I forgot he was into that. Yeah, yeah, he is, and uh, yeah, it's just funny. It's just funny. <laughs> um, Kyrie on good, Christmas. Good thing that his basketball play is better than his. Yeah, theories. you can't you can't pull off something like that when you're like the eighth man in a rotation. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. You can't. Like, you know, you just you 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 just can't do that. You can't. You got you got to be a star to be able to to be able to go okay. out on a limb like that. So shout out to to Kyrie for his star power there. But yes, Christmas against the Sixers, he had forty points, ten rebounds, including a clutch shot in the final minute of OT to seal the win. Uh, so balling out with the 40, 40 bomb, but also the the clutch play by Kyrie. Celtics starting to heat up. Uh, Kyrie's starting to heat up. It's fun to watch. Uh, they're trying to, you know, get up there with the Milwaukee's and the Toronto's in the East. Uh, so yeah. So shout out, shout out to to Kyrie. Do you guys know that song? Yeah. No, did you know that song? It's it's called Kyrie by by Sheck West. Sheck West. Yeah, he made a song about Kyrie. He he's the guy that did the Mo Bamba song. You know that one? Oh, yeah. It's the same guy. He made a song about Kyrie. Mo Bamba. Yeah, so he's he's made a song about two basketball players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, huh? So, yep, yep. That's the thing. Look it up if you if you're into that. Alrighty um, then. All right the uh, the last the last guy I want to highlight. He's new a new addition to the list. Uh, I know Rudy uh, was, but this this guy is as well. Julius Randall. Uh, Julius Randall has been balling out this season. If you haven't been paying attention for the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, on Monday in a win against Minnesota, he had 33 points. Uh, and 10 rebounds, three assists. Uh, he's been kind of coming off the bench, kind of starting depending on the lineups, uh, but he's paired up really well with AD. Uh, in fact, his season averages right now, he's averaging 19.9 points a game and 9.3 rebounds. So almost at 20 and 10 right now for Julius Randle, which is is pretty dang good. I don't know how many players there, in, there are in the league right now averaging 20 and 10 rebounds. So uh I, I think he's having an underrated season, and I just wanted to, to shed a little light uh, for Mr. Julius Randle. Yeah, good job, Julius. Why did yes. I say his name like that? Julius? Julius. Julius. I'm sure he'll appreciate that if you ever find out. I'm sure. He's a listener, I'm sure. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. As as all uh, NBA players are, you know. As, only all only the good NBA ones. Players am I right? the sports hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, guys, guys, that is uh, that's it for Daddy's favorites. So there you go. Let's go with the uh, Mitch. Mitch, I want you to to do uh, to go ahead with your the OG uh, segment on the show. That's right. This is the most popular segment in the female demographic between the ages of sixty four and eighty nine. <laughs> This is Mitch Moe's Top 5 List of the Week. And uh, since we're going to be de- being... Uh, since we're going to... Hello. S- <laughs> Let me start over. Wow. <laughs> Let me just spit it out. Jeez Louise. Since we're going to be doing resolutions today, Dallin, resolutions are all about turning yourself around for the better, right? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes you don't stick to those things, and it kind of sometimes it's for the worse. Right? Yeah, yeah. If you don't stick to it. So, on this week's edition of Mitch Bo's Top 5 List of the Week, we are going to go with the top five single-season turnarounds in sports history. Oh, okay, yeah. So Very relevant. Yes. So, we're going to go with, uh, we're gonna let's do some honorable mentions here really quick. Uh, the 2012 Indianapolis Colts, um, where, that's a big one. Uh, that was the year they got Andrew Luck and went from like two and fourteen to a playoff team. So that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The nineteen ninety nine St. Louis Rams. Uh, that was the beginning of the greatest show on turf era with uh, Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk and Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce, mm, all those guys. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, what Prol? Ricky Prol was the other receiver's name on that. Oh offense. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the 2007-2008 Boston Celtics, uh, that was after they acquired the big three, and I think they won the finals that year. Um, that was a big turnaround for them. And just missing the list because they were kind of the sentimental favorite for me, uh, the 2018 Cleveland Browns. We almost had a winning season. Oh, they didn't make it. From 0-16 to almost a winning season. Had they gotten the win, they probably would have been on here. Um, (laughs) but... I digress. Let's go with number five on the list. Uh, we're going to start with the 97-98 San Antonio Spurs. Uh, 96-97 was not a good year for the uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. They finished the year at 20-62. and 62. Um, Ooh, that's not which, good. Yeah, which, by the way, is their lone losing season since the 89-90 season. So wow. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> it's like 30 years. This is 30 years of excellence. That's insane. For the San Antonio Spurs. Um, however, that means you get a lottery pick. That means you're having a higher draft pick. And they went out and got one of the greatest players of all time in Tim Duncan. Um, this team quickly turned around to a 56-26 and 26 record following that season. Um, a... A stellar turnaround for this team. Uh, was that of, that that was yeah? So that was the Duncan years. That was the first dunk. Th- that was the first year of Duncan. Yeah, okay, right, yeah. right, right. Yep. Wow. Um, and play a playoff team ever since. Yeah, ever since, with the exception. Well, no, they made it last year, right? Um. Yeah, yes. Yeah, they did 18. make it last year. It was 18. almost, but for a, for a minute, it looked like that was going to be the first the the breaking of the streak. Right, uh, but right. they did—they did pull it off. Good for them. 
They're they're still there. They're it's, still there. yeah. It's still Popovich, you know. <laughs> it's still it's still Greg Popovich. Um, so let's go with number four on the list. We're going to go with the 2001 New England Patriots. Um, again, the beginning of a streak of excellence that has not been matched within its sport ever. Um, let's look at the 2000 New England Patriots. That was the first year of the Belichick regime. Um, not good. Five and 11. Um, they go back the next year. They have this kid that they drafted, Sixth round, pick 199, some kid named Brady. And they have him backing up Drew Bledsoe. Well, Drew Bledsoe goes down week one with an injury. Tom Brady steps in, leads his team to a 11-5 and five record, and wins the Super Bowl. From 5-11 and 11 to Super Bowl champions the following year, um, quite the turnaround in any sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go with uh, number three. Now, like I said... Turnarounds aren't always a good thing, right? Let's look at the 2013 Atlanta Falcons, who are number three on my list. Um, 2012, 13-3. Uh, we're, we're in the NFC Championship game. Uh, their point differential was through the roof, uh, 120. Wow. Uh, really did well. Uh, not quite like it was in in 2016, um, but going into 2013, there was a lot of experts, a lot of people picking the Falcons to win the Super Bowl the following year. I mean, they, they had Matt Ryan, they had Roddy White was still was still a uh, a, a prominent name um, amongst wide receivers. I think Michael Turner was still the starting running back there. Um, they were picked to win the Super Bowl. Well, they disappointed by going four and twelve. Um, and while their point differential, while their, well, the, the amount of points they scored dropped by about 60, uh, they gave up, oh, oh, that's over. That's over 150 points more than they did the year before. Wow. <laughs> that's um, no bueno. With, oh, that's no bueno. With almost night. Yeah. With almost identical defense. So, uh, probably a little bit of luck in that defense there in 2012, but nonetheless, uh, number three on my list. Number two, let's go into the world of college football. The Auburn Tigers. The Auburn Tigers. Um, obviously, Auburn, uh, a school from Alabama. Um, in the year 2013, the year of our Lord and Savior, 2013, or 2012, excuse me, um, they were 3-9. and nine. Uh, Not a good team. This was under Gene Chizik. Um, this was after Gene Chizik has really disappointed um, in 2010, they were undefeated, 14 and 0. This was a this was one of the top teams in college football. In fact, they were the top team in college football. The following year, they go eight and five. The next year, three and nine. Gene Chizik is out. They hire Gus Malzahn. He turns that team around from three and nine to 12 and two in one year, which, by the way extremely hard to do in the in college football oh yeah because it's it's the rebuild process in college football is so much harder and it takes so much more time yeah that you know the, the when you're recruiting obviously it's different than just signing free agents you know so it's yeah it takes it could take a while to kind of get back to where a program was so the fact that you can flip it and you know have a nine nine wins Plus, the next season's pretty pretty crazy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Of course, since then, Malzahn has been just about mediocre. Uh, eight and five, seven and six, eight and five, ten and four, and eight and five um, the following year. So not terrible, but uh, not anything to write home about. Um, number one, though, probably my least favorite franchise in all of sports, the Boston Red oh, the Sox. The Giants? Oh, oh the Red uh, Sox. Yeah. No, the Giants <laughs> are up there, but the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> okay, yeah. They're, they're going to make number one. Um, and we're going to stay, again, in the year 2013. Um, a lot going on that year. A lot going on. Great <laughs> year in sports, 2013. Um, 2012, they were led by Bobby Valentine. That was the manager um, who notoriously has players – his players just hate playing for him. He's just – he's not a great guy to play for. And this was the same year as the whole chicken and beer incident in the clubhouse. How? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, guys, we're kind of leaving games early to go drink beer in the clubhouse and watch the rest of the game in there. Um, not a good culture to have, right? No, no uh, de- definitely not ideal in any workplace. Yeah, you know. no, not not at all. <laughs> um, they go ahead and fire Bobby Valentine, rightfully so, and they bring in John Farrell for the 2013 season. They go from 69 to 93. To 97 and 65 and winning a World Series. Um, one, one of the hardest things to do in sports is to win the World Series just because of the length of the season and how uh, how grueling the playoffs can be strategically. Um, and they flip around in one year uh, to winning a World Series. Uh, that, to me, is the greatest single-season turnaround. Yeah, that's good. You know, it, it's interesting to think about. You mentioned the Red Sox, and uh, here they were this season with a brand new manager. Now, obviously, they didn't win, you know, only 60 something games the year before. They were actually pretty good the year before, but, uh, you know, they, they, they add Alex Cora as a manager this year and win the World Series. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, they they set a franchise record for wins 108. Right. This year, but it's just so. you know that's that's two like first year managers in a row that's like won a World Series for the team. Like if I was that team, I'd only keep a manager every three years, and then and then that way you you guarantee a World Series win every oh yeah <laughs> three years. Right? Oh yeah, why <laughs> not? Like, hey, we just bring a new guy in; he's gonna win a World Series. So yeah, I just if I fire him every year. Like all right, we're bringing somebody else in. <laughs> it's gonna work. Yeah, you, you got to do it until it stops working. So you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't fix it if it ain't broke, right? This is why I'm not an owner of a sports uh, franchise. But uh, you'd go through so many coaches. I'd be dude. very superstitious. I'd be like, ah, wait, guys, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a, it's a pattern. We got to follow the pattern. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you for that, Mitch. That was great. Ah, no problem. I love doing these lists. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. All right, guys, let's um, let's go ahead and take a break. Let's take a break yeah. right now. Uh, when we come back. From this short little break, uh, we are going to talk about our New Year's resolutions, and we will preview this upcoming wild card weekend in the NFL. So, you know, stick around, and we'll be right back. Thank you guys for listening to the Sports Hour today. Be sure, if you haven't already, to follow our socials. You can find us on Twitter, at SportsHourGuys, Instagram, at the Sports Hour Guys. And you can like our Facebook page. Be sure to follow those socials. Interact with us. We want to hear from you. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Oh, 
Bark a bark. Come back. <laughs> We're back, guys. We see, we told you we'd be back. We told you. Guys, we're here to talk about our New Year's resolutions. Dallin, do you have any personal resolutions that you made this year? Uh, not that I want to share with anybody, no. no. Yeah, me neither. Oh, okay, so very, moving on. <laughs> very personal and intimate, you know? Oh, oh, one of those. A lot Ew. of self discovery. Oh, my gosh. No. A lot of self discovery. You know, a lot of uh, meditation. You know? Oh. I'm going to do like, some yep. shrooms this year and, and discover my inner being. You know, it'd be great. Oh, dude. Nice. You're going to go out to the Arizona desert and smoke peyote. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's what I will do. We don't condone doing drugs here on the Sports Hour. We don't condone that. <laughs> Unless it's peyote in the Arizona desert. Yeah, because that's self-exploration. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. A- that, you know, that, that's medical at that point. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we got, we got our New Year's resolutions for uh, – this coming sports year, <laughs> yes, 2019, and so we decided to come up with a resolution for a league. So a, a league that we think we'd like to see a change in. Mm-hmm. We we decided to make a resolution for that league. We decided to make a resolution for a specific team. Um, so uh, we pick any team, something that we would like to see them do or not do change or not change something that we would like to see happen there and then we made our own personal resolutions as sports fans so dallin why don't you lead us off with your league resolution okay yes i would love to um here's what i would like to see so the league i follow most closely is the nba obviously i'm like the nba guy here you know um, and I, this is something I've advocated for for a while. So you you may have heard me talk about this already. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, uh, but I have definitely talked about this in, in my personal life. Uh, I, I need to see the NBA change the way they seed for the playoffs and get rid We've of Eastern Western Conference. Yeah, and they need to do 1 through 16 seeds because, guys, I've done – I did the research last year, okay? I'm a sports nerd. I broke down – you know, the biggest argument against 1 through 16 seeding is travel, playoff travel. You know, you don't want – you know, L.A. versus Boston is not ideal because they're super far away. So lots of travel back and forth between the teams. I get that. So I took, you know, what the, what the playoffs were last year. You know, Eastern, Western, 1 through 8 – and just in the first round, you know, I measured the the distance of travel between cities for the individual matchups, right? Totaled it all up total for the NBA, right? And then I took uh, what would be the 1 through 16 seeds had that been the way the playoffs were. And then I took those matchups and I calculated the same distance. And it was actually less distance the way it was seeded 1 through 16 than it was Eastern Western Conference, so, to me, the argument is going to be a mute point. Because some years, yes, the travel for 1 through 16 might be greater, but some years it might not be. So, travel doesn't seem like a good enough reason to keep this from happening. What this comes down to is we need to see the best 16 teams in the playoffs. And I'm tired of over 500 teams in one conference missing out when there's under 500 teams in the other one making it in. And it just makes zero sense to me. Um, and I think it makes zero sense to anybody who logically looks at this. And we just need to make a change to it. So NBA, please seed the teams 1 through 16 regardless of conference. And let's just do it like that. I like that. I like that because th- that's kind of a way to ensure the best teams get in. 
I, yeah. I mean, that way you don't have teams that are maybe aren't as good as other Eastern Conference or Western Conference teams that are getting in over those teams simply because they happen to be seventh or eighth in their conference. And yeah, you know, and, and here's the thing I will say. I think it affects the finals. You know, we look at last year, for example, the finals wasn't Golden State-Cleveland. The finals was Golden State-Houston. We And we all knew that. We knew whoever won that series was going to be the NBA champion. They were going to easily beat, whether it was Boston or Cleveland coming out of the East, they were going to beat any team that came out of the East, one of those two teams. So that was the real NBA Finals. So why can't we get that as the NBA Finals? You know, why can't they be the one and two seeds respectively and they end up meeting in the Finals, the one in 16? Why does it matter that they're both in the same conference? I think the same way uh, that it was in, what was it, 03, the Lakers-Sacramento Western Conference Finals? Yeah. I think I, I think that was 03. That, to me, was the finals that year. Whoever won that matchup was going to win the finals. Right, because that so, was the year they, the Nets, I think, were in, and they were nowhere even close. Right. So, again, yeah. it, you know, that one, whatever team won that matchup was going to win the finals. So, why does that have to be Western Conference Finals? Why can't that be the NBA Finals? That That's my argument for it. And, you know, I... I would love to hear an argument against it if you have a good reason. And if you feel so, uh, please, you know, let me know. You can find me on Instagram, Dallin Graff. Uh, it's, it's, you know, both our personals, by the way, are linked in the, uh, in the, in the bio. Uh, but let us know because I, I'd love to hear an argument against the 1-16 through 16 seating. But to me, it just makes too much sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you, man. And you know what? We've had this conversation in the past and I wasn't on board. And you, over the last couple of times we've had this conversation, you have... Sp- actually talked me into it i mean thank you it makes a ton of sense yeah i think so, so. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah all right mitch what is uh what is your league resolution well so you went with your favorite league so i'm gonna go with my favorite league the nfl that's not even my favorite league because there's a lot right because you, you, your favorite league. league is the uh is the the women's tennis you know the the atp i think i'm i'm a big lg or lpga LP, I thought you say LGBT. I was like, Mitch, that's a different thing. That is a different thing. <laughs> it's not sports. LPGA, ladies golf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. solidly run league. Who's the commissioner? I don't know. <laughs> the president. It can't You're be supposed Tiger to know. Woods. You're it supposed can't to... be Tiger Woods. We <laughs> <You're>... know that. <laughs> You're supposed to know it's your favorite league. That was a test, Mitch. I'm just kidding. All right, go oh, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going with the NFL. And I've I've said this on the pod before, and I'm going to stick with it. Um, this coming season, the NFL needs to start the process of fixing the overtime system. They have to do it. Mm, um, yes, yep, I'm a yep. big I'm a big advocate of going to a system similar to college football. It it has to happen. I mean, we cannot have ties. At a professional level, it's it just doesn't make any sense. Here's here's the way it is: is no one wants to see a tie, right? No, no one wants to see a tie. This is a this is a league that is struggling with their fan base over the last couple of years. Let's make the game a little bit more exciting, and in an overtime situation, flip the coin, decide who starts with the ball, put them on the forty. Make it so they can't kick a field goal until fourth down, and the other team has to at least match what they score. Let's make it that way. Yeah. That's what they do in college football. Why can't we do it the same way in the NFL? 
No, I, I completely agree with you. This is something we talked about, what, like a month ago? A month ago or something? I, I, yeah, was, about something like that, yeah. It's pretty recent uh, that we talked about this. And I agree. You know, it may seem very obvious, but uh, nobody wins in a tie. It's a, fa- no. it's a fact. Nobody nobody Ties wins suck. in a tie. That literally, there is no winner. They just tie. And there's no winner between the teams, and there's no winner for the fans. Because you walk away... Not having won any, nobody won anything, and that's stupid. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely with you. In a professional sports league at this level, as the NFL, ties make no sense. You need to have a winner, you need to have a loser, especially when there's only 16 games in a regular season, and every game matters. You need to have right. a winner and a loser. I, I am with you. I mean, we're, I mean, we're looking at situations in the NFL right now where inferior teams, in my mind, are making the playoffs because another team had tied. Uh, and I'm talking about the Ravens and the Steelers, to be honest. Really? I'm talking about the Ravens and the Steelers. The Steelers, I think, should have gotten in. I think they're a better team than the Ravens overall. Yeah, I, I, probably. I think the Ravens, probably. And, and because that tie, because of that tie, the Steelers aren't in. And yeah, the Ravens are. Now, now, I'm not saying the Ravens don't deserve to be there. They fought hard to be there. Their defense is absolutely stellar. But because because there's that tie there, you know, and, and because the Steelers started off slow and tied with the Browns in Week One, they're not in. And yeah, I mean, we can look look at the Vikings the same way. Vikings were eight, seven, and one, right? Eagles get in at nine and seven. Exactly. The Vikings and, I, and the Vikings are end the up nine team. and seven. They would have had the six seed. So yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Now you know, obviously, this season is what it is. You got to get the win, but. Yeah, I think you need to have a winner and loser. And if they, let's say both of those teams lose that that tie game, you know, let's say they lose it, then it is what it is. But you need to be able to have a winner and a loser. I, I'm with you, Mitch. It makes it yeah. makes too much sense. We're all about logic here on the Sports Hour, you know? <laughs> Man, pro sports is so messed up sometimes. <laughs> it really is. It's fascinating. Uh, that's, that's when you have too many people in a room trying to figure something out. It gets too complicated. When you have two guys that don't know what they're talking about, Y- you figure stuff out. We get shit done here <laughs> on the Sports Hour. Oh, man. That's what we're about. Okay, so we're moving on to uh, teams, right? Uh, Our team yes, resolution, teams. right? I'm, I'll let you take this one first. Do you want to take this okay. one first? Okay. Well, you know what? I am picking one of your favorite teams, Dallin. Oh, really? The Dodgers. Uh, oh, hello. Let's, yes, let's talk, yes. Let's talk about the Dodgers for a minute here. Hold Please. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm pouring my beer because we're gonna have to have a beer for this conversation. The uh, wild pigeon, what was it? Crazy pigeon? Uh, uh, war pigeon. War. war pigeon. That's right. War pigeon. Not, <laughs> so intimidating. That one's that one's done. We're uh, doing naughty native from Feather Falls Brewing Company. Mm. Yeah. So actually, I've had this one before. It's pretty good. So it was a reliable choice. <laughs> but I'm, we're talking about the Dodgers here, and it it's more something that they can't, they shouldn't do. Than something they should do, right? Okay. And it's some they they can't do this. Don't miss the World Series window. Mm. In any sport, in any sport, there is a team that has a window of success. Whether that's one year or ten years, there is a window of success, and that window never expands. It always closes, and then once it's closed, you have to work to get it reopened again. The Dodgers have worked and opened themselves a big-ass window 
This team is a very, very good team. They have been to the World Series in the past two years, have lost both times. Now, I'm not going to say that they lost to inferior teams because I think those teams were worthy advocates. I think those were good enough teams to compete with the Dodgers. But your window's closing, L.A. You don't miss that window. Don't miss that window and miss out on your opportunity to bring a World Series back to L.A. for the first time since 1988. Don't miss that opportunity. Go get Bryce Harper. Bring him to L.A. You have the cap space now. You just made that big deal. You release Homer Bailey. You're going to make an offer for him. Go get Bryce Harper. Bring him here and get it done now. Because you won't have this opportunity again. And that window's only going to get smaller. Mitch, you, you spoke the truth. You spoke, you're I'm absolutely preaching. right. And it's hard you know, it's, it's hard to look at. But you're, you're right. You know, as a fan, you know, you've seen them. You know, obviously I'm so grateful that they've played in the World Series two years in a row. Obviously I would have liked them to win uh, at least one of those. But, uh, you know, it's cool to watch this team in the World Series. But you're right. You know, they have a, a roster right now that is a mix of veterans and young players and utility guys and the way that Dave Roberts shapes this lineup, this bullpen, it just works right now, but it's not going to work forever. So you're uh, you're absolutely right. And I think they got the right guy at the helm to do it. Dave Roberts is the right guy there. I think so too. I really, really like him, and I like how innovative he is in the way he's – you know, you just look at some of the players that have turned into stars with him, the Justin Turners, the Max Muncies, the Chris Taylors, all of these guys rejects from other organizations that came yeah. into the Dodgers system and they were able to utilize their skills and make them into great players. And so obviously things are working in L.A. They just they just need that final push, that final thing that gets them over the edge, and that's uh, Bryce Harper, in exactly. my opinion. I think that's it. I think that's it. So thanks, Mitch. I like that. I mean, yeah, it's good. It's good. But don't miss the window, guys. Come on. And, and you know what? I the A's, you know, I'm an A's fan, but I pull for the Dodgers. And so I know that window's there for them, and I want to see them do it. I want to see them do it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, uh, my team resolution is I'm going to be talking about the Utah Jazz, um, okay. who I, I consider myself a fan of. You know, it's been long enough. I follow, I follow them closely enough that I probably should consider myself a fan of the Jazz. So as a Jazz fan, this is the one thing I want to see them do. I want to see them either make a trade for or sign a superstar to go alongside Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And th- this goes against a lot of what the identity of the Jazz is, which is this kind of, you know, un- under uh like underutilized, you know, undervalued kind of players working in a role and in a system that that brings out their skills. You know, you look at guys like Joe Ingles, uh, you look at guys like Derek Favors, Dante Exum, you know, the Kyle Corvers, you know, the guys that they do one thing really well, they do a few things and they just, and Quinn Snyder just makes it work. But they're never going to win a finals and they'll never compete at that level unless they have another talent offensively Besides Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors, Joe Ingles, it's not that. They need somebody who can score buckets like Donovan Mitchell. And so they need to either trade for a guy that could do that by trading Rubio or Favors, or they need to clear up the cap space to sign one of those guys in the offseason. Because they'll never reach that potential unless they do. 
I mean, really, when you look at the way this roster is constructed, and you hit the nail on the head, is they really are just one big guy away. I yeah. mean, they're they're one big star away. One, I, and I don't know who that is. I don't um, know either. <laughs> uh, I really don't. You know, I talked about Bradley close. Beal in the past. I, I love like I love that idea. They just here's the thing, like, but the, is, the he, jazz... is he that level though? Yeah, Bradley Beal. I mean, Bradley Beal's an all-star level guy. I mean, they don't need Kevin Durant to make them a finals contender, but they need an all-star level guy. They need another all-star. And right now they have Donovan and they have Rudy, but Rudy is basically just defense. But he's very, very good defense, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't bring anything anything for you offensively. And if you're a team playing the Jazz, it's real easy. You clog the lane, you force Donovan to play around the perimeter, and if you do that, you're going to limit his effectiveness and you're going to limit them offensively as a team. It's like so easy because nobody else can make, you know, nobody else can make their own shot. So you add another guy like a Bradley Beal or another playmaker that can, you know, that's going to get buckets. Then now you have to shut down two guys, obviously much more difficult, opens up the rest of the offense. So they need to do something. They need to do something. I, I'm on board. I'm on board with that. <laughs> I can. That's that's a cause I could get behind, Dallin. Oh, well. that's a cause I could get behind. Well, good. Donate to the to the Jazz Need Help Fund at. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. GoFundMe.com. <laughs> yeah, it's my PayPal. No, it's just my PayPal. Oh, it's just your PayPal. <laughs> Venmo me, guys. <laughs> it goes right to your bank account. Yeah. And then yeah, to uh, to end here, we have our uh, personal sports resolutions. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go first on this one. Mine is. Uh, it's pretty doable. It's actually a really good thing. I hope I do. And it's uh, to go to more sporting events. Um, I uh, I finally live in like a major city, and and we we you know we have an NBA team, we have an MLS team, we have a AAA baseball team, we have the AAF Salt Lake Stallions. You Ooh. know the professional football that starts uh, after the Super Bowl, and uh, you know I just I want to go to more sporting events. I you know I've wanted to since I moved here. I didn't go. To as many as I would have liked last season, like I only went to one AAA game. Should have gone to more baseball games. Hey, I was there with you. You, know. you did, yeah. That was the only one I went to, and I just feel like I could do better. You know, we have a, like we have like a minor league hockey team too. I don't. There's cool stuff. So, anywho, I'm gonna go to more sporting events this year, and I'm gonna go to at least one of each. I'm gonna make it to an MLS game, a AAA game, a basketball game, a football game, and a minor league hockey game. That's the goal this year. That's a good goal to set for you. You know, yeah. I was just think I was just thinking because you, before you lived in Salt Lake City, you obviously lived in Idaho for a while, but you also yes. lived in Washington. And I was just thinking, I've been to more AAA games, I think, in the last few years than I have been professional games. Yeah, I definitely have. I mean, we've been we went to quite a few Tacoma Rainier games. Yeah, yeah, we did. And then cheaper. we went to we went to a Salt Lake City <laughs> Salt Lake City Bees game and yeah and yeah. yeah it was a good it was a good time up there but yeah for sure that's a good resolution oh thanks good man. one I I'm, I'm excited for it I'm I'm gonna make it happen this year It'll do it fun. do it all right Mitch what about you what's your resolution what so I consider myself a pretty a pretty good sports fan when it comes to football and baseball and motorsports if you guys don't know that Dallin knows that about me mm-hmm. I'm a big motorsports fan as well. Um, uh, NASCAR, uh, World of Outlaws, sprint cars, stuff like that. Um, but I could be a better NBA fan. And I think that's what I want to do is I want to be a better NBA fan, and I want to become an NHL fan. 
Oh yes, I, yes. I I want to get into hockey so bad, and I've heard like all you got to do from multiple people. All you got to do is watch one full game, and you're hooked. <laughs> and I feel like that's all I got to do is just pick a game, watch that game, and then then I got to find my guys. I got to find my team, right? Yes. Just become a fan of the league, but more so the NBA because it's you know something we talk about very regularly here on the Sports Hour. And so I want to become a better I want to be a better fan of the NBA um and the NHL. I want to I want to be an NHL fan. So that's my individual sports fan resolution for the year. I like it, Mitch. I like it. I think you're feeling bad because I watched like every NBA game on Christmas. I watched like I know. five. I, I didn't watch all of all five games, okay? But I watched all of the Lakers and the Jazz games. See, and I'm that way. But with I watched NFL. the majority of the other ones. And I'm that way with NFL and especially motorsports, man. I'll flip back and forth between races all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, See, oh I yeah. Can't do that. Oh yeah. See, but I'll, but I like with NFL, I'll flip between three, four games. You know, right? To to figure to watch what I can, and baseball's the same way. So, um, yeah, I need to be a better NBA fan. I think get more NBA in your blood. That's right. Absolutely it. So, guys, that's our New Year's resolutions. Let's yes. uh, let's see if we stick to them this year. Let's see. Yeah, if we, hold, uh, hold. We actually. Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted. Oh, you. oh, no, it's okay. Um, yeah, let's see if we stick to them this year. Let's see if we actually uh, follow through on what we want to do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know. Keep us accountable if you would like. Also, uh, if you want to be held accountable, let us know what your resolutions are. Even, you know, if they're personal and you don't want to, please don't. Um, but uh, if you do want to share or you have, like, sports-related resolutions, let us know. We'll, uh, we'll we'll call you out on the podcast. Keep you accountable. That's right. Hey, we got a pretty big week of football coming up, don't we, Dallin? We absolutely do. Wildcard weekend, which I think is one of the best Weekends in sports. Uh, Phoebe just jumped on the desk. Hi, Phoebe. Say hi. Phoebs! What's up, Phoebs? Yeah. yeah. Nah, she's not in the yeah. talking mood. No. That's okay. No, she's not. Anywho, um, yes, wildcard weekend. We've got four games, eight teams matching up. Uh, obviously, the bye weeks go to uh, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Saints, and the Rams. So we're going to go we're going to go over this game by game in the order in which you will be able to watch them this weekend. Uh so let us let us begin with the AFC South matchup, the Colts visiting the Texans 6 seed or sorry, 5 seed versus no no. No, this is 6 yes, yeah, 6 seed versus 3 seed. Mitch, what are you what are you looking at in this matchup? Um you know, Dallin, I'm I'm looking at this matchup and Really what I'm seeing is a Houston Texans team that had one of the more unimpressive winning streaks I've seen in a while. I don't think that they beat a whole lot of really, really great teams and that they're in this position due to the strength of their schedule. The Indianapolis Colts fought back from a 1-4 start to be in the position that they're in right now. They've been one of the hottest teams in the in the second half of the season. Uh, Andrew Luck is firing on all cylinders. Um, they have figured out how to balance Marlon Mack and Naheem Himes in that backfield, and that really good young defense, um, I think, is what's going to be the big factor here. Um, look for Darius Leonard to be one of the big factors in this game. 
uh, one of the big playmakers for this Indianapolis Colts defense. I'm going to take the Colts in this matchup over the Houston Texans. Okay, okay, taking the Colts. You know, uh, <clears throat> listen, this is, you know, Houston is, yes, the three seed. Indy is the six seed, but they're only a game apart. Uh, 11 to 5 Houston, 10 and 6 Indy. Like you said, both had big win streaks. Houston, I think, was started 0 and 4. Uh, both started really rough and, you know, came back to be in the positions that there are, play, playing in the playoffs. Uh, I just, I feel right now, Indianapolis is a really scary team. They are. Like, in they the are. AFC, I think there's three teams that I would not want to play the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Colts. The C teams. The three C's, uh, they just they've been so hot, and the and the offense has been great. The defense has stepped up. They're just they're just a scary team to play right now, and I wouldn't want to play them if I was anybody, including this Houston team, which uh, in in the final stretch of games was was good but not great, and Indy was great, and so. You have a team, you have a division matchup, uh, a team on the rise trying to push through in these playoffs, a veteran like Andrew Luck, uh, you know, obviously the rookie, and or not the rookie, but the inexperienced guy in Deshaun Watson. Uh, I have the Colts as well. I have the Colts in this matchup, and I will say, you know, whoever has to play them in the divisional round, which if they get through would be the Chiefs, that's a tough matchup. The, the Colts are a tough matchup, so I'm going to go with the Colts as well. Yeah, I, I mean, this really is going to be a, a a battle of, I think, maybe football IQ. And it's I think this will come down to quarterback play. And I would take Andrew Luck over most people in the NFL. And I'm definitely taking him over Deshaun Watson. Not that Deshaun Watson isn't a smart football player. He's definitely a riskier football player. Right. Um. And I just, I just think that the experience factor. I mean, he's Andrew Luck's been here before. He's been in a playoff yep. situation. before. He's been to an AFC Championship game, you know. Right. Deshaun so. Watson has not been here, um, and he's still got a lot of years ahead of him. And so, uh, I, I just think that this is the Colts' time. They're red hot. The Texans obviously have not been as hot as the Colts, and I, I got to take Indy on this one. Cool. Well, we're on the same page so far. Let's uh, let's move on to the next matchup, the Saturday evening matchup. This is Seattle as the five seed traveling to the four seed Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think that this is probably the most even matchup we have. The Indy Houston matchup is pretty pretty close too, but I think this is definitely the most even matchup between two teams. Uh, that I don't think, I know neither of us expected them in the playoffs. I don't think many people expected these teams in the playoffs. And here they are matching up the wild card round. Uh, I think this is going to be a tough game, a close game. Um, I, I am going to take the Cowboys in this matchup. Uh, and I know it's going to upset some listeners, including my parents, but listen, guys, I, I, I don't know about the Seahawks. And the the advantage to me is pl- Dallas playing at home. Uh, the home we've looked I, I, the home teams typically play well, and that's a huge advantage in the playoffs. And I think Dallas being at home is gonna what is gonna be what pushes them over the edge against Seattle. You know, for me, Dallin, um, I'm the, you're right. This is the most evenly matched playoff game I think 
that well, obviously that we have this week, but it might even be the most evenly matched matchup that we have throughout the whole playoffs. Um, just because of the makeup of the two teams. Obviously, these are two defensive forward teams, two teams that have really emphasized the strength of their defense throughout the entire year. Um, regardless of the points that the Seahawks gave up. I look at their road splits right now, and they're 4-4 four and four on the road. Uh-huh. I look at the Cowboys. They're 7-1 at, at home. That should tell you that the Cowboys, if they were traveling, yeah, this is probably this is probably a Seahawks game, right? But I'm also looking going back to the quarterbacks. Dak Prescott does not have the playoff experience that Russell Wilson has right now. Not even close. Russell Wilson has won on the road multiple times in playoff situations. They figured out the run game. With, with Chris Carson and Mike Davis and Rashad Penny in there for a few snaps. Doug Baldwin has been off the charts good the entire year. This defense is really good. I don't know how well the Cowboys will stand up playing at home against such a t- tough team. And I said, this er- I said this earlier in an earlier podcast from the standpoint of a Bears fan. If there's a team I don't want to face in the playoffs, it's the Seattle Seahawks. Because it seems like everything just goes right for them when it matters most. And that being said, I want, I'm want i going to take the Seahawks. And I, this is going to be a very, very close game. And probably not the not the offensive shootout that you want to see. Yeah. That a lot of people yeah. want to see. I mean, this is going to be a 1916-1850. I mean, it, whatever it is, 21-20 type game. Uh-huh. But it's, I give the slight edge to the Seahawks based on the experience, based on the the veteran coaching playoff experience of Pete Carroll. Jason Garrett doesn't have the experience Pete Carroll does in the playoffs. Dak Prescott doesn't have the the experience in the playoffs that Russell Wilson has. And so I, I mean, I can't not take the Seahawks here, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be a close game. It's gonna, it's a slight edge, but I'm gonna take the Seahawks here, um, based off the the veteran presence in a, in a playoff situation. Yeah, you know, it's it's gonna be little things that sway this game. Uh, I do want to make two more points so we can move on. Uh, Dal, you know, Seahawks have one. Uh, this season on the back of their run game, and specifically Chris Carson, uh, they're going to need to get a run game going against Dallas. Dallas is fifth in the NFL in rush defense. So fifth best rushing defense right. in the league. That's uh, obviously good for the Cowboys, not good for the Seahawks, who have to rely on that for their offense. And I will have to say, if Jason Garrett doesn't win this game, he will be fired. Because he has been so unsuccessful in the playoffs that here you are again with a home game in the playoffs and a game that you should win. If he loses another one, there's no reason why Jerry Jones should keep him around. There's there's no reason. So he got you to the playoffs. That's great. He got you the division win. That's great. You have to win this game. So I think with his job on the line, I think he'll do enough to at least win this game. So, But it, I agree with you. A very, very tight game, which I'm excited to watch. Uh, so let's, that's, those are the Saturday games. Let's go back to the Sunday morning game. We have the chargers 
and the Ravens. The was it the f- f- uh, six seed Chargers? No, five seed Chargers. Five seed Chargers. Um, taking on the four seed Ravens. Um, the Ravens do not. I mean, the Ravens defense has been great the entire year, but this Chargers yeah. offense is really, really good. Um, and the Chargers defense is sneaky good. It it hasn't been something people have been really head over heels talking about the entire year, but it, they're really good. They have the the eventual winner of defensive rookie of the year, who I called Derwin James on that side. Um, a a a great supporting cast around him. Um, and this Baltimore Ravens defense, obviously they're gonna, they're going to run the ball 117 times in a game. It's I don't know. I mean, they they like to run the ball right now with the with the weapons that they have, and I just think the Chargers are absolutely going to stifle them. I don't think this will be um a very close matchup. I I got the Chargers. Yeah, I I am with you. This I I don't foresee this being a close matchup. You know, uh, honestly, the Chargers are the second best team in the AFC. Uh, they just happen to play in a division with the best team, and that's the Chiefs. And that's why, instead of being a one or two seed as they deserve, they end up at the five seed and play on the road throughout the playoffs. But uh, I don't think Baltimore is going to be much of a challenge. A rookie quarterback, Lamar Jackson, will be the youngest quarterback to ever start a playoff game uh, come game time, which is pretty cool. And shout out to Lamar Jackson uh, for what he's done taking over for Flacco and, you know, obviously leading Baltimore in the future. I think they'll be a dangerous team, but. This seems like a Chargers year, and I think we're just looking at, you know, Chiefs-Chargers in the uh, AFC Championship game. So I don't think Baltimore is going to stop Los Angeles this week. I have L.A., and and yeah, we're probably looking at double-digit point victory. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm not saying 20-something, but I it, it'll be double-digit. Yeah, I could say like 30-17, something like that. Yeah, it could, it'll be two-score. It'll be two-score for sure. Yeah. Um, For sure. Following that game, we have, in my mind, game of the week. Um, the most important the, game this week. Most important game this week, Down, because you're a Bears <laughs> fan now, right? I am. I am a Bears right. fan for the next for the next uh, month. For the next month, you're a Bears fan. Guys, we got the Eagles traveling to the Windy City to take on the Chicago Bears. The Eagles, like we said, the um, – and Dallin, you said it in the earlier, way early in this season, actually, that the Eagles could win their division at nine and seven. Um, I did. They didn't win and the I division. Was, I was close. You I was were close. close, but they they got in at nine and seven. They did. They did. Um, Which they didn't, thank, they didn't thanks win the to division, the, but you know, I think thanks to the collapse of the Redskins and the, obviously the unfortunate injury to Alex Smith. Uh, yeah, thank got, you. Got, God, Godspeed in your recovery. G- Jesus we, loves me. That's that's what we, that means. Yeah, and we we hope he gets back and in, in playing uh playing competitive football again. Um, and obviously the Vikings getting that tie definitely helped. Um, it makes me a little scared that they have Nick Foles under center, just because. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it just because we've seen what they can do with Nick Foles, and we've seen what Nick Foles can do in playoff situations. But this Bears defense is the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They're the second best team in the NFC, still in my book. They're the okay. second second best team. Um, 
And if there's one place I don't want to go in the playoffs, that is Chicago. Because that fan base is fired up right now. I know I'm part of that fan base. I'm fired up for this game. And I know those those fans in Chicago are over the top fired up. I got the Bears um, stifling Nick Foles. Um, and you know what? And I feel even like I'm jinxing myself by saying stifling because I think Nick Foles still might even have a good game. But I'm taking the Bears. I'm taking the Bears. you got to be crazy if I'm not taking my Bears. Yeah, you know, I, Nick Foles worries you, but you got to wonder when the magic is going to run out, right? I mean, he he's, he's still the backup quarterback who was an unsuccessful starter in the league. So, you know, it's like at some point, yeah, like obviously last year was magical. What he was able to do this year to get him in the playoffs is magical, but it's going to end at some point, and who better to end this than this Chicago Bears defense and Khalil Mack at, at its head. So, you know, I have the Bears in this game. I don't think this will be super close, but it's I, the Bears don't blow people out. It's not going to be a blowout. Uh, you know, the, the key is going to be Mitchell Trubisky and his composure in his first playoff game uh, and what Matt Nagy does to help him along the way, how they start off the game, you know, getting the run game going with Howard and Cohen, uh, you know, keeping Trubisky in his comfort zone until he eases into this first playoff game and then opening things up as the game goes on. That's going to be the key to this. And if they could do that and keep Trubisky in control, uh, they will be in control of this game. And they are just, you know, they're just a better team than Philly. And Philly, what it has going for them is Nick Foles and the fact that they are the defending Super Bowl champs. And they've been here before and they should have that swagger going into this game. But I just don't think it's going to be enough. Well, and we focus so much on offense when it comes to the playoffs. And the Bears are not an offensive-centric team, right? This is a this is a team that has relied a lot on its defense to get it through to a 12-4 and record where they're at now. And I really want to say that the, the most valuable player in this game for them will be Eddie Jackson. He's been the leader of that secondary the entire year. And if he can if he can get a pick off Nick Foles, if he can make some big defensive plays off Nick Foles through the air, this game will be over sooner than I think people will think. Mm-hmm. And and it, it it really comes down to this defense. It really does. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, it's interesting looking at their stats there. The Bears are 21st in like total offensive yards, but they're ninth in total points. So they've been Sneaky able to offense. generate they've they've been able to generate points uh, without, you know, gaining a lot of yards, which, you know, is good. And and like you said, it's not something you can rely on. Uh, it's it's not the formula for success, but it'll get it done, especially when you have a defense this good. So, yeah, Bears are going to win this game. Uh, I am with you. So we have we have the same picks in every game except for Seattle and Dallas, and I think that makes sense because that is by far the tightest matchup. Yeah, and you, you know, know what? It could have easily swung yeah. Dallas's way. It's a, it's but... a coin flip in my head, honestly. So yeah, but some fun matchups. You know, there's exciting players to look at. You know, Nick Foles versus the Chicago defense. Lamar Jackson, the rookie in his first game. You know, this Seattle Dallas defensive matchup. You know, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson. I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff to look at this week. I'm just excited to watch all the games uh, and, and embrace it all and then see how these winners will match up against uh, these these four teams waiting during this bye week. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, it, it, the toughest thing to co- do in sports, I think, one of the tougher things to do in sports is to come off a bye and perform. Yeah. And so um, we'll, we'll see how these teams fare that are on buys, coming off the bye, going into the uh, divisional round. But, um, you know, I, and I, I was, I'm kind of happy the Bears are playing in a wild card round because it, it keeps that momentum going that they have. Um, just uh, let's keep Club Dub rolling in the Bears locker room. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think you make a good point. I think it's better for Trubisky, too. It's better for Trubisky that he doesn't have a, a, a week to sit around and think about it, that he just gets in, he plays a game, gets it out of the way against an easier opponent, you know, a 9-7 and seven opponent, and then has to face a challenge. Whereas if they, you know, let's say they get the bye over, over the Rams, then they're probably playing the Rams that next week. So to come off a bye and then play the Rams, <laughs> a lot more difficult than having gotten a game under your belt. Well, and he's getting lucky here with, with the defenses he's playing. I mean... I mean, the Eagles aren't a stellar defense by any means, and the Rams have a terrible defense. And so, really, yeah, I, would, to, I wouldn't call it terrible. It, it's pretty bad. It's the Rams underperformed pretty, in the second half of the season, but it's still talent. Still I, I don't know. The Rams' defense is pretty bad. All but, right. We'll find out when they hopefully play uh, in the divisional I hope, round. I, right? I hope so. <laughs> Oh man! All right, that is uh, that is it for the wild card weekend preview, guys. We hope you are as excited as we are uh, for this matchup. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, be sure uh, to check out our social medias if you don't already. Please follow us. Twitter is the uh, is at Sports Hour Guys. Instagram at the Sports Hour Guys. If you want to see Mitch with a shaved head, if you want to see all our friends give their Super Bowl picks on Super Bowl Sunday, you got to follow the Instagram, like the Facebook page, the Sports Hour with Mitchell and the Mormon. Uh, we'd have to change that eventually. Um, and uh, yeah, you can listen to the podcast anywhere. Be sure to share with your friends. We appreciate the support. It's 2019, Mitch. We got goals in 2019, don't we? We got all sorts of goals. All sorts of goals. Guys, yeah, go go follow. Tell your friends about it, man. Hey, there's these two dorks start talking about sports. You should go give them a listen. Guys, get on there and give us a review. Get on Apple Podcasts. Yes, give them a review. If you, I'll tell you what. If you guys get on Apple, on Apple Podcasts and give us a review, we will mention you in the next show. Um, yeah, go positive out there. or negative. We'll positive or negative. We'll, yeah. we'll, read a, we'll read your review. I will read your review here on the show. Go out and give us a review. Give us a rating. I love it. Um, make sure to follow us on all the socials. Um, get out there. Tell us we suck. That's the only way we can get better, guys. Yeah, we appreciate it, guys. And we will catch you next week. See ya. See ya.